Rebellions are built on hope. And welcome to another episode of Radio Rebellion, a Star Wars podcast on this Star Wars Saturday. And I had a different intro ready for today. And of course, I hit the wrong button. Play the real time... one. Play the different intro. <laughs> no, it's it's fine. Just uh, oh. whatever. I'll do it next time. <laughs> All right, fine. Uh, no, it's just adding this at the end, which I have done the past few times. Just this little thing with the music in the background. Right. But I integrated that to the regular intro, so I don't have to click two videos at the same time. But of course, I didn't hit the one that says new intro. I had the regular intro. Yeah, it's you, Saturday. You worried about, we've already had a technical difficulty before yes. we started. What's one more? All your issues. Yeah. Mouse not working. Or they're working. I just, anyway, we're here. We're here. Your friend, Arsu. How are you doing, Arsu? Always nice you having you back. It's nice to be back. I feel like yeah. I live here now. That's okay. Yeah, it's fine. I, nice. I live here now. <laughs> I have this group of our four or five people. I need, I guess, I know who to contact. We're going to have fun. If it's High Republic, it has to be you. You're one of our High Republic <laughs> kind of go-to people. And I usually then kind of, oh, man, why? I always regret it, regret it once we get to Martian Road. You made such a choice with this book. I know. it's. You would think I would know by now. But anyway, it's Star Wars Saturday. No book of Boba Fett this week. But overall, how you been doing? Any oh, I should I say, are you from Space Waffle? And also, yeah. you are a writer on a, is it a web series out there or TV episodes? It's a kids preschool series called Lily and Lola. Great. Uh, so I was gonna put a link on it on the description. I didn't. I'll find it and I'll put it there before the end of the day, and then you guys can go check it. That's very very cool. So congratulations on that. Thank you. All right. So. Last time you were here, before we start, actually, let me just do my thing. So if you're watching this live, thank you for being here as always. Make sure you are subscribed to the channel. We're around 132 subscribers. Once we get to 150, we'll do another live um, watch of a movie or a TV episodes. Now there are, there are a few out there, a TV arc if it's Clone Wars or Rebels. We'll figure something out. We did a watch along for Revenge of the Sith when we got to 100 subscribers. A lot of fun, so we'll, we'll do that again. And like this video, comment if you're watching this later on the replay, and if you're listening to this on the audio podcast when it comes out on Monday, thank you also. And there was a, a rating also wherever you're listening to this. But with that out, out of the way, Arisu, last time you were here, two weeks ago, I guess, we yeah. talked about the penultimate episode of Book of Boba Fett. Series is over now. Your overall thoughts on the finale and then the series as a whole. Overall thoughts on the finale? I liked the finale. I thought mm. it was, you know, everything that had been set up this season paid off. Um, I hope we get another season. Uh, mm-hmm. Interestingly, this is one of those few series where I can't see where the next season is going. Like, yeah. Take the Bad Batch. I could reasonably speculate <laughs> about where season two of the Bad Batch is going. But I have no idea what they would do with season two of Book of Boba Fett. There's plenty of potential. Mm-hmm. But I would like to see them sort of explore new avenues maybe with the characters all on tattooing like the fet gotra now yeah so see what see what's going on with them and yeah i as a whole enjoyed the series i think the mando episodes were kind of a curious choice mm-hmm. to happen right in the middle but you know now taking the whole thing for what it is 
despite that, I did really, I did really enjoy it. And I liked the Mando episodes. I mm-hmm. thought they work as good. They're good, solid Star Wars. But yeah, it was just the placement of it. Yeah, I think we're in similar places. I love the two Mando episodes. I think if I have to pick what was your favorite episodes of the series, I might pick one of those two, probably episode six. Mm-hmm. Because they work so well as, just as a Star Wars media or whatever. They're just great to look, to watch. But as a whole, make it being part of the Boba Fett series, maybe? Yeah. Episode yeah. six, I can defend that it kind of makes sense. Episode five, uh, not really. But it was <laughs> great part of some Star Wars media out there. It was great. So in that sense, yeah, okay, it's fine. As a whole, same, I enjoy the series. Same as you, I have like three different avenues that the season two could go because that ending was pretty, is Boba Fett and Fennec staying there because they kind of said, oh, we're not built for this or this isn't our life. But then we have Corsantan and uh, Vespa or the, the mods there. Yeah. We have the main mod rebuilding our boy um, cup band. So who knows? It could go 20 different ways. So excited to see if there's a season two where it can go. So yeah, I hope, I hope so. Yeah. All right, so before we start talking about some Star Wars news and how oh, the fallen star, that's why we're here talking about the High Republic. Let's say hi to a few people. Our friend Dale, how you doing, Dale? Hello. Yeah, no, no book of Boba Fett for a while, but we have Kenobi in what about two months? We don't know when. Yeah, yeah it's May 25th. 94 days, 93 days, something like that. Okay, three months then. Yeah, still, it's not really, really no, close. It's, no, well, fe- February is basically over. March and April, and it's coming out in May, so we'll say two months. We, don't, we yeah. won't count. And May is Star Wars month anyway. We're not Ooh. even going to feel yeah. it. Yeah, we're getting, at some point, we're getting a trailer. We have May the 4th over there, and I think celebration is around the same time that they can always hear. If there is a celebration, I guess it hasn't been an official it ticket. It would be right sales. after. It would be yeah. right after Kenobi. So <laughs> there, there you go. There's a, there's a lot of Star Wars coming, so... All right, so with that said, if you guys are ready, I'm no one ready, and let's talk Star Wars and some Star Wars news. Star Wars news. The only, there's a couple of things out there, but this broke about two or three days ago was that John Williams is coming back to write the theme, we believe the theme for Obi-Wan Kenobi, very similar to what he did for Han Solo in the Solo movie. John Mm -hmm. Powell did the score, but John Williams came in and wrote a... A musical theme specific for Han Solo seems like he's doing the same for Obi-Wan Kenobi. Also, are you surprised about this? We're yeah. stoked, but were you surprised when you heard it? Yeah, because I thought he retired. Um, <laughs> I'm not mad about it. I'm quite happy sure. about it. I know a lot of people have been saying that like Obi-Wan's theme is now what we recognize as the Force theme, so mm-hmm. he doesn't really have his own distinctive theme anymore, but knowing John Williams and I'm no musician by any means, but like what he does with theming, I imagine he will pull from Mm -hmm. that iconic force theme to make Obi-Wan's new one. So that retroactively we're not hearing two themes for the same character. Like he's going to blend it. I don't know. I'm excited. Yeah. It's funny because I, I read that, that, Oh, the force theme used to be can always theme or whatever. And I always kind of envisioned the force theme as looks, theme just mm-hmm. because of, look at the binary sons i always kind of right. put those two together so i never thought it, thought of it as the obi-wan kenobi theme but it makes sense not just to bring him back for this iconic character but to pull some of those kind of more known star wars musical themes out there i love the mandalorian score boba fett is taking me a little bit to get there but they 
when they came out, they didn't really feel like Star Wars scores. The Mandalorian theme now, of course, everyone, that's classic. But it took a while to kind of get into that kind of mind frame. So I think bringing John Williams just for this one, at least, it will, we'll see, we'll feel like it's the same kind of era and the same character. So, and we don't know, correct me if I'm wrong, who's going to be doing this score for the whole series, right? No, we don't. Andor just got their composer yeah. announced. His name slipped out of my head. But no, we don't know who's doing the, the Kenobi score. But I like that John Williams is kind of there because it feels like the most connected to the original yeah. and the prequels of all the series coming out. Mm-hmm. So make yeah. that kind of connection. <sighs> Man, it's, I don't know. It's we're gonna we're gonna notice as soon as that theme oh, hits. Yeah. And there's a lot of rumors out there for Kenobi this week. We're not gonna touch on those. Um yes the Andor composer got announced. I was holding up hope for Michael Giacchino to come back and kind right. of finish strong with Rogue One. Um, I guess it's the composer for Succession TV show and HBO mm-hmm. Max, which I haven't watched. I've heard from people saying that not just that the show is good, but the music is good as well. So yeah. it'll be, hoping... maybe it'll be like the same sort of thing. Like Michael Giacchino's themes will get pulled into. I mean, it has. They, yeah, yeah, it has. It, it needs to feel similar, at least. Yeah, I'm sure it will. All right, and of course, yeah. who else is here? Nor how? How you doing, Nor? Hello there, Nor. So before we start, now that Noah is here, next week <laughs> we have our... Yeah, no, she's here. She's going to derail everything as, in, as we start talking about Mikey and Ro. Um, So next week we have our second Star Wars Trivia Challenge. Also, you were here for our first mm-hmm. trivia a couple of months ago. We had a lot of fun. So Noah Hall is going to be one of our competitors. And I have it here. The questions are right here. I won't show them. Ooh. They're here. I'm just going to say, Nor, you're the only one here from the trivia at the moment. So I'll give you a quick hint. The first question is about Rogue One, which we were just talking about. Might have to do something with Cassian Andor, something that happens at the beginning. So just a little, a little hint out there for you guys if you start stalling. <laughs> so come back next week. We're going to have a lot of fun. All right. So I think that's enough Star Wars kind of news. Uh, the other one that we kind of mentioned a little bit before we started broke this morning that... Um, I forget. I just forgot his John name. Watts. John Watts. Thank you. I was gonna say John Powell. That's not it. John Watts, who just directed the uh, Nowhere Home, No Way Home, Spider-Man movie, is supposedly tapped to direct at least one episode of uh, unannounced Star Wars show. A lot of people are saying this is the High Republic one, kind of Stranger Things in Star Wars. Excited for that show. Um, John Watts is a great director, kind of this coming of age movies that he does. So seems like a good fit. Are you okay with this? Kind yeah. Of, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, he did a good job with, with the Spider-Man movies. And I think, I know it's not all down to the director. Some of it's the writing mm-hmm. too, but I think he kind of blends the new and the nostalgia really well, especially mm-hmm. with No Way Home. So yeah, I'm, I'd am be I'd be excited to see it if, yeah. that, uh, if, if that's the show he's directing. 100% agree. And that's what I tweeted. I was great choice. I want to know who the writer is. Hopefully some yeah. of the writers from the High Republic, so those luminous yeah. writers. I have a theory. Oh, I think it's Claudia. Yes, yes. Because she keeps talking in all of the High Republic show. She keeps saying that she's working on something she can't talk about. She can't talk about it. She can't talk about it. I'm going, well, if it was books, yeah. of course you could talk about it because we know. But if she can't talk about it, maybe it was this. Yes, so. and she was quiet in terms of she did the first wave with Into the Dark. She didn't have a book come out in the second wave, and then she did Fallen Star, which we'll go deep into it, which wasn't the longest 
adult yeah. novel compared to the others. So maybe she didn't have enough time. And then it's focused on this, the High Republic authors are right now in Galaxy's Edge. Down there, if I squint. <laughs> You're I'm so close. So close, two hours away. I see all the pictures of them. No one's stopping them. Man, if I was there, that's... Oh. Can anyway, you imagine if anybody from like the higher public <laughs> fans were there? We just I don't think any of us would do anything. We wouldn't say anything. No. Can you imagine? Uh, I th that's one of the great things about those authors. Most of them, they're very active on Twitter and they mm -hmm. seem very open to share what they're doing, what they're working when it comes out and have that relationship with the audience. That I think that if you go, hey, I love your stuff, that's enough. I mean, don't yeah. go on. Yeah. Don't, don't go be sneaking into their meetings. Like, <laughs> cool. There's, there's probably a few. All right. So our friend, Oti, how's, how are you doing, Oti? Thanks for being here. Oti, again, thank you for helping us with our Book of Boba Fett episode this past few weeks. Oti, as sure is going to be here next week, hoping, helping me hold down the for, for this trivia. So it's going to be interesting. All right. So I think we went through it enough. Do I have? No, I didn't. Do a little graphic for this. It doesn't matter. So also, let's talk about it. The Fallen Star, phase one of the High Republic comes to a close. There's still some comics going, but the adult novel kind of close out that big chapter in what was not just phase one, but not just wave three of phase one, but phase one in general. Mm -hmm. We have our Stellan Geos lightsabers. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. Oh. Delivered by postal service and not by a droid. <laughs> oh, no. I'm sorry. Why are we starting there? All right, why do I show that the fallen star? You can see everything's burning. So it's obviously spoiler review. That ending, we're just going to mention it now. I was sitting in this chair right here, reading the last like 30 pages, like at seven o'clock at night that day. I had to hold on to my wailing because I was tears coming. I was my, I had to shut my eyes real tight. My mouth was open because my family's across the door and I couldn't go out and they come in. Why are you crying? Because a light, a droid, deliver a lightsaber. You don't know what this, and they'll be like, dude, you got to take a break. But that, uh, we'll get to it. But that yeah, moment we'll just, there. I know. I, I, was, I was sitting over there. <laughs> I read the whole book in one sitting. I was a mess yeah. by that. Why I was sobbing? It was not good. But we'll get we'll get there. Yeah. So this book, I mean, it's one of the great things about Claudia Gray. She writes so easily. The way I've said before, the command that she has of the Star Wars universe and themes. You can, like you said, you sit down and read this book in one sitting, which I didn't do because I didn't have enough time during the day. Mm -hmm. But. I just reread it this past week. And just between being at work, I read like 80 pages. It's one that you can just sit down. If you get a few hours, you can just blast through it. Yeah. You got to then hold on for your emotions, have your tissues ready. Yeah. So let's start real quick before we go into details. Your thoughts on the book. And I was surprised when this came out. I got it. I think it arrived here on a Friday. It came out on Tuesday. So you got here a little bit later. But the word on Twitter for a lot of people that have read it, it was, yeah, I liked it, but it wasn't what I expected, especially for a closer. What were your mm -hmm. feelings on the book, just that first time that you read it and then about that chatter out there online about it kind of not being as universally loved as I, I thought it was going to be? I was and kind of still am in that boat is that I had some of this I admit is on me. I had very high expectations mm -hmm. for it because it's a Claudia Gray book because Claudia Gray's work is among my favorite in Star Wars. 
And one thing she does very well is these like really deep dive character stuff. Like mm-hmm. look at Lost Stars. It's a it's a yeah. Romeo and Juliet story. And it's so long and it goes into such detail between these two characters. And I think I kind of been expecting something like that. And then, like you said off the top, this is not the longest of the adult books. It's like the shortest one. And I just, I was surprised that it didn't go as deep into stuff as Claudia usually does. So that was kind of my feeling too. It's not a bad book, Mm -hmm. but it didn't hit beats and points and sort of levels of emotion that I had been expecting considering who the author is, especially. All right. First, I forgot to say, I'm finally talking about the High Republic with a High Republic shirt. I know every time you and Mag are here, you make fun of me. You always wear your High Republic gear. I don't have any, so I finally got one. I'm wearing it today. I think it's only second time. I've had this shirt for about two months now. I gotta make sure it's clean and Maintain its color. It's a great color. Yes, it is. It is. Um, so my thoughts, I'm Claudia Gray for me is right now on top. Everything Star Wars. If it's Claudia Gray, I'm going to just, I'm a Claudia Gray stan out there. I'll say it. And I read through this book, and it's not my favorite one. It's still Into the Dark. It's my favorite Star Wars book in all. But when I finished The Fallen Star, for me, it was kind of the perfect High Republic book. And I think the best High Republic book, even it's not my favorite, because it just closed out a lot of things for me. Uh, the way the the Nile and Martian role just kind of said, okay, I'm going to deal with this, and did the stroke that blow that he wanted, the Jedi's issues just between themselves and where they fall in the Jedi Order and with the Force, all the relationships in the book I really enjoyed. Uh, the younger characters, the Padawans with Bell and Buriagra really shone for me, which they hadn't in the previous books, which I know a lot of people love those characters. So I love this book completely. So when I started hearing that a lot of people had issues with it, then I kind of, it threw me back. And I also read that some people had, I don't say issues with it, but like expectations, like you said, because a few days before was the High Republic anniversary show. And that's Mm -hmm. when we learned, oh, we're going back 200 years or 300 years. And now we'll get away like two two or three years to come back to the the characters that we've loved for a year. So it's kind of, okay, we were expecting, or some people were expecting something maybe a a little bit bigger. And I do understand rereading it this past week, some of those relationships with the characters that even though I love them, they could have been a little bit fleshed out or maybe a little bit longer because sometimes they, oh, they're just pouring their hearts out for maybe three quarters of a page and then, uh, okay, but we got to go deal with this disaster. And like, yes, I wish it could. Yeah. The whole book was that. But at that moment, I didn't care because it just touched me and I just love everything and we'll go through it. But yeah. yeah. All right. So we usually leave him for the end. I don't spend a lot of time, but we're going to start today with Marky on Row and the Nile, your friend. My friend. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's My friend. friend out there. Um, uh, yeah, we'll, I'll come back to another question. But so in this book, Marcion kind of said, I'm done with the Nile and their petty differences and who wants to lead. This causing more trouble than their worth. I'm just going to send you guys out. If you're a troublemaker, you're going to go to another storm or another 
whatever, another tempest, uh, you have issues with those people and you will just kill yourself or something. And some other over here just do some surgical strikes so people need to come to, uh, to the station and I got my plan. I have three people that I really trust. Everyone else, get the hell out. And he kind of did everything himself. It's like, yeah. I always say it's like Thanos in Avengers. Well, okay, I'll do this myself. Basically, Surprised yeah. that this wasn't an all-out war, which is what I thought they just, they were gonna overwhelm Starlight Beacon, the Nile, mm -hmm. and then like probably 50 or 60 pages into the book, I'm like, oh no, this is just, from inside, they're just gonna disrupt the station, then Markion from his gay selector just kind of overseeing everything. Kind of surprised with the way that it went and just how much, at least in my eyes, Markion rose in terms of Star Wars villains and being so thematical about everything. It's not just action and brute strength. It's just using his mind that where he just deteriorated the Jedi and the Republic. Yeah, I, I agree. He was a lot more strategic in this one than I think mm -hmm. he's been in the past. And like up until this one, I had made the joke that he's keeping the whole thing together with wishes and duct tape. Like <laughs> he doesn't know what he's doing. Mm -hmm. He's just kind of figuring it out as he goes. Cause he wants to like stick it to his father's legacy or whatever. Yeah. But in this one, you realize that like, no, the, the brutality was the point point. Yeah. and he was doing it on purpose, but maybe, you know, along the way realizing that this is not working mm -hmm. and switches tactics with alarming speed. And maybe this was his plan the whole time was to sort of get rid of every sentient being mm -hmm except for his assistant and yeah. just build a ship with droids and, you know, and just kind of get rid of his forces and do, do things himself. Like you said, and he is terrifying in his precision, like in a way that I don't think he was in the other two. Mm -hmm. So it is like you, I was expecting sort of a Nile war in this one. I was actually expecting Lorna D to come in and kill him yes. and take over. Like that's what I thought was going to mm -hmm. happen. Obviously it didn't, but but yeah, like I, I don't think I was expecting Martian to get this terrifying in the third book and to set up like a horrifying villain arc for like the next mm -hmm. horrifying in its implications. I still think it's very sexy of him, but in <laughs> like in phase three. So. So, yeah, I was pleasantly surprised, even though he wasn't in the book a whole lot. Like, he wasn't doing much, but I was pleasantly yeah. surprised all the same. I mean, someone that would say he was doing a lot and also find him sexy was <laughs> Senator Gira Staros. And we <laughs> talk about Martian hosts out there. She's like... She is our president. <laughs> she is the fan club president. I don't know what to tell you. I mean, it's one of those things from the High Republic that we in the fandom kind of joke around and then, oh no, yeah, it's happening. She's in every comic, he's shirtless. He has his 20 <laughs> helmets. Every time he removes, he's in the cover with the wind and all that stuff. And then, of course, in universe, people still see him. Yeah, he's horrible. Oh, man. But, but and we but can yeah. do underneath. <laughs> Nan thinks he's hot um, before she leaves. Giristaros <laughs> threw over the whole Republic Yeah, for him. So, I mean, I know she thinks she's in control and she's just having fun oh, and on. playing both sides of the war, but like, girl. No. So, so, yeah, I, I wish I could demonstrate the noise I made when I got to this point in the book and yeah. realized that that's actually where they were going with it. Mm -hmm. And like that she and Martian do have this intimate relationship. And I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> I did not see this. I thought if we were getting any kind of, you know, romance intimacy, whatever it was going to be like Avar and Elzar. And it was going to mm -hmm. be like, you know, more conventionally romance novelly. 
but no, oh. it was just, it was something else. So thank <laughs> you, Claudia. Yeah, and it's one of those things when I went, I'm reading, and I said, oh, and Senator Staros, when Teja Ferrer, his assistant, the great Teja, I love her character also, when she said, oh, there's a, a ship is coming or whatever, and then it's revealed as the senator. And I remember on my notes, I put, are they having a relationship? Question mark, question mark. Two pages later, oh, oh, okay. An enthusiastic one at that. Yes. And then, yeah. Yes. So, yeah. <laughs> Senator, I understand why, how he brought you to his side. And yeah, you're not playing both sides. I love also, he's like, I could just get rid of her right now. She's just scared, hiding behind, behind whatever. I'll just keep her around just in case. And I, I will say there were two things that I missed. Uh, one of them we'll get later probably, which is to get Elsar, Avar, and Stellan together in one scene, very similar, of course, to not getting Han, Leia, and Luke. It's like, oh, man, we didn't get that. But yes, I expected Lorna D to be featured heavily here, especially after Out of the Shadows and, um, Tempest, Runner. and Tempest Runner. I'm like, okay, she's taking over because... Martian doesn't he doesn't care too much about this now thing. He just wanna deal with the Jedi. So extremely surprised that she wasn't here, but I guess her story right now is happening in the comic books. Mm -hmm. And then of course when Ava gets there, she's like, no, no, we 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 succeeded in what we were trying to do, which I don't know if that she captured a um Lorna D, but then of course everything explodes and hell breaks loose. Uh, so yeah, like we said, like you said, so Martian is done with people. He doesn't want all this backstabbing. Now he has all his, those enforcer droids with car nine. I want to see those droids. Yeah. They're just scary, scary sounding. Um, and then I was finally- the death troopers because I didn't know what else to Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I was thinking the that same. That was the same vibe. Yeah. It's got to be something different. I, I want to know why they were banned. Because I think they say that those type of droids are banned in the Republic or whatever. And then by the end, finally, he said, okay, I'm done hiding. He brought very Martian role-like, ro uh, broadcast on the same frequency that Starlight Beacon was using to announce himself as the eye of the Nile. And then this galaxy is mine, not ours, mine. <laughs> and then he invites everyone except Lorna D to the party. So I still think there's going to be something there between yeah. the two of them. But are you happy that he finally came out and said, eh, you're chasing goats. I'm, I'm the one. Come after me. Yeah, I am. Like, I, I liked his sort of operating from the shadows puppet master mm -hmm. vibe, but that can only go on for so long. Yeah. So I think him kind of stepping out and becoming, you know, sort of the villain I think everybody thought he was going to be. Mm -hmm. it, it's going to take it in an interesting direction um, going forward. And like the Eye of the Storm comic, apparently, mm -hmm. yes. according to... Um, Michael Siglane on the mm. on the High Republic show was saying that that is what you should end phase okay. one with. Like, if you're reading, I guess on a Martian note, it's probably going <laughs> to pick up around there. So, yeah, I'm interested to see where his plan is going and like where what he's going to do now that he's out in the open and he's like, I'm the I'm the eye of the storm. Mm. Come yeah. at me. <laughs> yeah, make, no, it's going to make the wait for phase three much harder. Yeah, I know. So, our friend Nauti said, I'm glad to hear that we all had the same reaction to that relationship. Yeah, I mean, it was great. Yeah, <laughs> it was such kudos, a highlight and such a yeah, sad book. Kudos to, to Senator Staros for being able to, to get there. She's living everyone's dream. Yeah, I know. Not everyone, but like a lot of people anyway. out there. And <laughs> <laughs> Norhawk, because she's like, yay, Martian. Um, so, yeah, just kind of finishing with. 
Martian, like we said before, I just love how tactical he is. He's not just this, because in the first book, I've said it before, it's like, yeah, okay, whatever, they're marauders, spy rats, there's nothing special about them. By the end of Letter of the Jedi, you kind of see a little bit, of course, with Rising Storm, he's getting the leveler or the nameless, as they call him in other books. But now you see how his plan coming together. And it's, I said before, he, yeah, he cares about the Nile and all that stuff, but he has a vendetta against the Jedi and the Republic. Hopefully we'll learn more with the second issue of his comic, which is coming out in about two or three weeks, I think. Yeah, but he just kind of took over and just took those steps to become one of our favorite Star Wars villains out there, not just because he's a sexy blue man. What's it with Star Wars and blue aliens, right? Because a lot of people also with, with Thrawn are the same way, Markion. I don't know. We got to be blue in Star Wars and you'll have some fan base. Yeah, I mean, it, if it works. <laughs> <laughs> and that geeky waffle is here. I'm guessing Candace, how you doing? Yay. Um, all right. So the now they're ready to take over the leveler. Very scary. We learn a lot about the leveler. And I, I'll say, because I told Maggie when she was here last week, I did read Trail of Shadows. Yes, I finished. So I read a comic book. And a second, my second, because I did um, Monster, uh, Monster uh, Temple Peak. And I did this five-issue one. And it works great, even though I had just finished Fallen Star. It kind of ties up a lot, especially the ending. But mm -hmm. it starts before with quick, not spoilers, but Stellan telling Emmerich, oh, you got to, this happened to Tarek, to Sarek, and with Loden. It's a creature out there. You got to go investigate. And then it ends up with him coming back to Starlight Beacon as it's burning. And then whatever happens at the end, we won't spoil it for people out there. But yeah, great yeah. job by Jose Daniel. Daniel Jose there, all there out there with that book. Did you read it? You enjoyed Trail of Shadows? Oh, I love Trail of Shadows. Nice. I think it's my favorite comic run for the High Republic because yeah. it was so, it was self-contained. It was dark. It answered a lot of questions because, yeah. mm -hmm. you know, we're used to getting more questions for next time, next time, next time. Yeah. And I think Trail of Shadows like wrapped it all up very nicely. Mm -hmm. So like wrapped up their own story and sort yeah. of did answer questions about like the nameless and it kind of gave that hope for the future. So, yeah. All right, so let's start there. Let's start with the nameless or mm -hmm. the leveler. He's called in some of the other books. He's mentioned as the leveler in this book once. And then, of course, in Tale of Shadows. And I think in the High Republic show, they show that picture of the leveler also attacking yeah. Keith Trennis, I think. Yeah, it would be in the Marvel comic yeah. run. But it's not out yet. That's a right yes. now. So I'm scared. I'm scared for bit. the <laughs> Yeah. I love that in this book, how every Jedi starts kind of feeling the effects. And of course, they don't know. Oh, we're just tired. We have all these refugees coming. Stellan, you've just been up for 36 hours. You need to take a break. And our guy, he doesn't take a break. But we'll oh, get to him. But then I love how every time that someone unfortunately dies, or Regal Cole, our first Jedi, a new Jedi that's introduced, used to work in the daycare with the little baby Jedis. He wanted to go back because I can deal with kids trying to use the force. And then, of course, not in Dara Stokes. Um, Orla? No. No. Oh, oh, I don't remember. Nibasik. Where they die, we don't know. They just find their bodies, their husks. But with Orla 
and then Stella when he almost gets it and Elsar, we start seeing little by little, a little bit more how it really affects the Jedi. And that's how it started getting, oh, this is scary. Yeah, it was genuinely terrifying, like to to read it happening. Like I know the one thing that stuck out was like with Stella, it was like the first thing to go was color. Yeah. So he doesn't even see color anymore. All he sees is in black and white. I'm like, that is so scary. Yeah, because yeah, at first he's like, oh, it's the hunger. He's, oh, it's the hunger, whatever. No, it's not the drain gear. They're not here and they're not quiet. If the drain gear were here, we would know. So it's something else. But then with Orla, she starts feeling cold. And then she starts getting, it's hard to, difficult to move. Everything is heavy. And then the fear. And then she just crawled up in a ball. And with Elsa, like, I mean, Stellan loses color. Again, scared. He's, at least there's a switch he can drop. And then with Elsa, he's going down in that maintenance pod. Kind of, he came face to face and he's like pushed back against the pod. It's just scary reading it. But reading very mild spoiler for Trail of Shadows, we see at least kind of a claw of the beast because everyone's seen something different, how fear kind of, whatever scares the Jedi is kind of represented in that way, kind of reminded me of uh, in Harry Potter. Yeah, Whatever that, the, the Dementors. The Dementors kind of take that shape. Um, so very scary. And now seeing more with them. I broke my heart. Orla, my favorite character, yeah. Claudia. And then next week, not next week, about two or three weeks, I'll talk about Midnight Horizon. No spoilers. It's a lot of Comac, my other favorite character. He's alive. I'll just leave it there. He's alive. Yeah. God, like he's one of um, my friend Hope. Comac is yeah. one of her favorite characters. And when I got Midnight Horizon, she's like, I just need to know if he makes it out alive. <laughs> like, I got, especially after Orla, I'm like, I, I got yeah, you. I mean, <laughs> I'm like, he's fine. He's alive. Not yeah. fine, but he's alive. He's alive. He's alive. And man, I, I'm going to talk next. When I yes. talk about it, our friend Hannah Waddle is going to be here. Oh, i break down that book. So I just said that The Fallen Star, I think it's the best High Republic book in the way it captures everything. But Midnight Horizon to me is kind of the perfect Star Wars book. And everything mm. that you want in Star Wars is in that book. Lightsaber fights, cool villains, space battles, uh, Jedi doubting themselves in the order, Padawans um, coming of age, kind of not knowing how to react with everything that's gone around there for the past year and kind of mixing in a war. So that book, again, Daniel has been kick- killing it out there. But Oh yeah, it's so, so good. It'll be in a few weeks. So Otis asking, so elephant in the room, is the leveler alive? So he had what, like three levelers in the book? I think more. I think he, he, there were more and they somehow didn't, well, that's Trail of Shadows, but there were more that didn't make it to the Starlight Beacon. So but that's I think where like two or three did make yeah, it Yeah, so, because I think that first ship which again terrible design starlight beacon jedi you guys your hubris or whoever designed it yeah there's a ship with a lot of animals yeah whatever we're not gonna check to make sure that their manifest matches they say animals they have the plant the certificate or whatever the permission slips you think you would have one jedi who's like good with animals who could just <laughs> make sure that if you say you have raptors that you're carrying raptors. yes I'm and, just like okay i don't want to yeah. deal with it anymore now that i know what you have yeah, but... I, I love Bell. Yeah, that first ship didn't have anything. This one says Rastar. Let me just open the gate. Oh, yeah, there's three more. Sorry, now everyone's dead. Yeah. But yeah, that kind of surprised me. Why well, you have so many droids? 
and not one is going to make sure the manifest matches what's in the cargo. You're just going to, well, my job is just to check it because no one comes here. Kind of right. weird. That's the solution. They could have used droids. It's, I mean, there were droids. In, anyway. Anyway. We're not when here to do their job for them. Yeah. I mean, if, no, I was going to say if they wanted to, I would. But no, I would be swimming in the oceans of ARIAM. ARIAM? <laughs> That's Though, but no. All right. All right. So, nameless. So, Oti, to your question, I think the ones in the station died, but as we mm -hmm. start learning, there are more. Because I thought after Rising Storm, it was just one creature, the one that he found in whatever yeah. cave. But no, this is a species that's out there. And then this little Chadra friend, the doctor, I forgot his name. Otter son kind of knows where to get him. And he's selling them in the black market which is not good for everyone out there because it's, maybe it's not just Marky on the Hassan. Someone else might. Maybe Lord Nadina has one. Nah, she doesn't care about this. Uh, but no, there are more levelers out there. I think we're, they're going to show up in phase two. I think we're going to get more with them. And then, of course, with phase three. But all right. He's in the cover of the book. We have his lightsaber. He's your guy. We've been That's talking okay. for a long time. We've been missing Stellan to be upfront in the books. He was very present in Rising Storm, very present in this book. Him and Elsa are kind of the main characters in Fallen Star. Mm -hmm. Take me through. Did you enjoy his arc in the Fallen Star when we meet him? To unfortunately, we have to say goodbye to the Pole Star. The... Oh, <sighs> first of all, the yeah. fact that he sees the Force as a field of stars is absolutely beautiful. Yes. I love the imagery so, so much. And it's so perfect for Stellan. But I loved most of his arc. Obviously, mm -hmm. did not like that <laughs> he died at the end. But I I loved all the moments he had with Elzar and kind of, and even the moments with Orla, like where his sort of strict adherence to the Jedi yes. Order kind of comes into contrast with her, like her, it's not wayfinding, it's wayseeking. Like with the, like with her as a wayseeker. And sort of just what makes Stellan Geos who he is, I think was was such a big question because everybody else, like Elzar, Orla, we kind of know why they are mm -hmm. like that. Stellan is just sort of what the Jedi's idea of perfect Jedi is. And I, I love that we started to explore that. But it's like you said, when you get to those character moments and those conversations, it ends with like a quarter of the conversation yeah. left and you just wish it would have gone on just a little longer. Yeah. And the book is so short, like it could have. So I mourn for those conversations we that are never going to finish. And I know that like that's the way of life. Not every conversation mm -hmm. finishes, but it's fiction. I wanted the conversation <laughs> to finish. And like and we're never ever going to get that scene with the three of them together, Elzar, Avar, and Stellan, um unless we get a young Padawan something at some point. But mm -hmm. But yeah, I like I there are moments in his arc I mourn the loss of and mourn the fact that I'll never have them, but by and large, like he shone in this book. Like when I thought he was going to die from the leveler, like sort of sapping yes. everything that wasn't fear out of him, I had started shaking. And then somebody interrupted. And then he was like having those moments with Elzar of like the slow conversation. Like, yeah, mm -hmm. we'll talk about that later. I'm like, there's no later. One of you is going to die. Yeah. And then still <laughs> died. So, yeah. Yeah. It's one I love. And like you said, those conversations with Orla were my favorite thing in the whole book. I said it. 20 times. Orla Joran is my favorite character. Jumps back and forth with Vernestra. 
but Orla is my favorite. I love everything about way seeking. I love when we learn that she's the one kind of mentoring Elsar in this pristine beach, trying to get him to focus, kind of forget how to get him away from the darkness and all that. So, so I love that she was here, completely surprised that Orla made into this one, how impactful her arc was, short as it was, my poor Orla. So but sorry. I love everything between, <laughs> no. I, as soon as she said, oh, if I'm not back in one hour, come find me, I'm like, there's one time where she said, oh, the two people have gone, the two Jedi have gone to find this, whatever's going, have ended up dead. Maybe I should just close out the blast doors and get out of here. I'm like, oof, there's a chance. Oh, what's happening? I'm scared. I'm like, crap, no, it's here. <laughs> because I think she sees a shadow, something moving, it's too big to be a person, a human. I'm like, no, yeah, it's funny. there. I'll get a little bit with her. But her relationship with Stellan was so great just because of what you said. Because this book starts with Stellan basically saying he has a meeting with Chancellor So, but it's through hologram. And he's like, oh man, I'm glad that she's there because if she was here in person, I gotta come up with another iconic image of me kind of saving her. So mm-hmm. in his mind, he's already, oh, I have to live up to this expectation. And there's so much talk in the beginning. I had it written down somewhere about this is not him. This was a yeah. mantle that the Jedi Order and the Republic placed on him. You're a Jedi Master so early. You're our hero. You're the face of the Republic, the face of the Jedi. This is you now. You're our face out there. He didn't want this. And I said this from Rising Storm, but he just carried this with him. And when Orla comes in and smacks him in the face, who are you without the Order? And he's like, uh, I don't know. It's like, yes, that's why she's the best. And he's like, oh, well, we, as Jedi, we define ourselves by the Jedi Order. And he's like, no, that's you. you. I define myself by the Force. And he hates that she doesn't see the Jedi Order the same way that she does. And that's why her way seeking is something he doesn't understand. Because he, the Order says, I have to do it. I have to do it. And she's like, uh, dude, you got to push back if you need to. And he's like, oh, I push back a little. No, you don't. I can do whatever I want. Who are you without the force and without the order? And then when the book ends, it ends with him as a man. I know who I am. Yeah. Yeah. It was, listen, it was such a triumphant moment where he like ends on, yeah, it's not the order. It's not any of that. It's just him and the force and the love that he has for his friends and Mm -hmm. for his mission in life. And he's like, and that's it. That's what yeah. it comes down to is this like pure love that he feels for others. I know who I am. That's it. Yeah. But that he's never going to live through that. <laughs> yeah, I know. Broke my, that was, that was cut to me like sobbing and shaking and going, Oh no, not another one. Me yeah. crying another winter over a Star Wars <laughs> man. But it was just, it was such a high and then yeah. such a low for me so quickly. Yeah. You always have those thoughts. Maybe he'll make it out. Because we already you know love. What? I have seen a body. So. <laughs> uh, I don't know. JJ515 didn't say, could I bring him up with him? But Somehow Stellan Geos has returned. He can swim. No, He's got I the didn't... little breather thing. <laughs> I'm sure they have. Uh, freaking uh, Leox gave him a scuba tank. He has all those old timey things. But I, like I said, because the whole book, or not the whole book, but a lot of it's him trying to realize who he is without the Jedi Order, and of course, losing his connection to the Force because of the level he doesn't know. Mm-hmm. But everything he does at the end, like you said, just for his love for his friends, 
was by himself, no camera droids, no one recording what he's doing. The Jedi Order doesn't know what he did. It's just him doing it because he knows he's a good person. That's why I know who I am. Same thing. I closed the book at that point and took two minutes to compose myself. But when it ends <clears throat> with JJ515, and again, a droid that Elsa sent as a joke comes back and becomes an extremely important character, and he just, and he just give, gave him back to Elsar. But when he says, oh, and he told me to give you this, and say, oh, did you droid open the compartment and handed his lightsaber? That was me. The, if the book ended there, just on the, I'll still be on the floor sobbing. It was great. One of the most emotional things I've read. But I also understand the kind of issues of, oh, if they were to have more time before and after to kind of explore that relationship, it might be even better. But what we got in terms of the conversation between Elsar, um, Stellan, and with Eivor was enough. More would have been great, but what we got was just, there wasn't a misstep, I think, in those conversations that they had. I think like the Elzar Avar conversations and the Stellan Elzar conversations, those were great. But all we've seen of Stellan and Avar, and this is like where I'm like, oh, yeah. just like, give me 50 more pages of this book, was all we've seen of them is the two of them fighting. Yes. Like They're arguing, they're fighting, they don't see eye to eye. And I get that, that they don't have the same approach. But they all grew up together. Like they, he is their pole star. The three of them to him are a constellation in the firmament that is the force. And like, if you are close enough with this woman that she is one third of your constellation, like, I want to see what, what that friendship used to be like. And this is something I don't think could be addressed here without flashbacks, which yeah. is why I'm hoping we get a young Padawan's novel of the three of them. But I'm like, that's where I'm like, that's what was missing is like, I see Avar is sad that her friend is gone. And mm -hmm. like, it went out on a terrible note because they had a fight and that was the last conversation they had. And she's never going to be able to make that okay now. Yeah. But you know, what What was their friendship like before Light of the Jedi? You yeah. know what I mean? So that's that's the one thing I, I am missing that I wish yeah. we'd gotten somewhere. And like Buck O'Brien is saying, you just said, I need a story that shows us Elsa, Stella, and Ava growing up. I'm going to go out of a limb and say that we'll get it, but probably after kind of the whole High Republic main story or the phase three is done, Maybe we'll go back and get some of those. So maybe some point in phase three, because that's something that we all want and it's missing out there. I have a crack theory that phase two, yes. because it's like quest of the Jedi and we're going back to build into phase one, is that every wave of phase two, I think is going to jump forward by a certain amount of time. So maybe by okay. the end of phase two, we're in like young Padawan era. Maybe. And then we'll see that and just back yeah. up, in, like to sort of reintroduce all the characters before we go into phase three. I could I could be very wrong. I have I no wanna idea. I don't know. But I wanna say one of the authors said something that all of these stories took part in the past, but I don't know if they kind of made, said it was those 300, 200 years, or if it gets closer, but it could all be like it's still all the past, right? Like it would yeah. be 20 years before before Fallen Star. So yeah. Buck is also adding Leox and possibly Burry surviving. Make me think Stellan is actually dead. Would be kind of ridiculous if everyone lived. I mean, Orla didn't. I don't actually but, think Stellan's coming back, but I no, dream. I think now he went out in a blaze of glory. Yeah, they're not gonna take if that it though. was like Buriaga. Buriaga is alive. You're not gonna kill the Wookiee. You're not doing that. Also, he's a child. Like they're not yeah. gonna kill a kid like that. 
No. Then when I saw that the one of the children's book is him in the cover fighting the Rathar, and I, are they going to show him dying here? Is they he, they're going to show getting choked. Please He's don't like, do that. I got this, and he goes out the door, and then the ends. book just follows Bell. After that, and Bell's like, I think he's out there somewhere, and that's where the book ends. So I'm like, they're not gonna, they're not no. gonna do the kids dirty like that. Like, they better not. He'll be fine. <laughs> All right, but just to kind of finish up a little bit with Stellan and Avar, like you said, a constellation. Another quote that killed me: uh, a constellation of three stars, but two were much closer together. Yeah, he always resented that, and that kind of pushed that. And I'll, I'll be, in, I've been when I was a lot younger, kind of in those that you might have some feelings for someone, but a friend of yours is kind of there in the middle. You're still friends, but you kind of resent somebody. So I understand. And when you have close friends, also you argue, and you, ah, we'll get back to it and we'll reconcile. But of course, they can't now. And to be a shock, I'm gonna see how this is gonna affect Avar. That, yeah, I'm back. Oh, you took my spot just temporarily, right? No, I'm now the Marshal of Starlight because you left on your crazy hunt of vengeance when if you were here, we could have done something. He's like, dude, I got her. Crash, we don't talk again. Yeah, it's <sighs> just, oh, it's so, so yes. sad. It's so sad, which is what makes this book so great also. We wanted more, another 100 Star pages Wars. or something. Yeah, like um, like Hope, Hope was saying on Space Waffles, she was mm -hmm. like, wanting more of it is a good problem to have yeah because it means you were invested you were enjoying it and like you didn't want it to end so wanting more is a good problem to have yeah i think all the critiques i've heard of the book none of them is saying this is a bad book it's just we just wanted a little bit more yeah i don't like, know if we i don't know my heart couldn't take it yeah, there, there's we? parts of it where i'm like oh that like didn't mm -hmm. age well but like sure. in, in my estimation but it's mm -hmm. not a bad book it is yeah. not by any stretch a bad book. And like, there are parts of it I love, like the quote about a constellation will, sh or a, the night sky will shine no less brightly if one star oh, is yes. extinguished. It was something like that. I'm like, you can't, Claudia, Yeah, you can't do this to me. And I think before that, or around that, they say something about, oh, when a star dies, like a nebula kind of comes out from it or something. It's like, oh yeah, he's dead, but he's there in the forest. And then Avar is saying, no, we didn't lose him. Every time we look at the sky, he's going to be this. Oh, my goodness. Oh my God. All of the star imagery was so, yeah. so beautiful <laughs> throughout. A plus, 10 out of 10, no notes. Yeah. All right. So I got to move on a little bit. Yeah, so, before we start crying El for real. <laughs> when we're done. So Elsar, suffering from his connection with the dark side, he went dark in Rising Stone. He was pulling from the dark side, dark side I should say. So he's sent to this planet to meditate, help get better. And it's Orla Jereni that's helping him. And then he's kind of closed off from the force for most of the book. So he's not getting as affected by the leveler as everyone till he opens up and he can start to kind of feel what's going on. But then he ends up in a very bad place. He opens up to the force, starts thinking about all the bad that they now have done. They sabotage the station. Are they responsible for the Jedi dying? I got to go fix that, the thrusters. Oh, there's people here. Oh, these are the prisoners. Whack and cuts Chansey Yarrow in freaking half. I swear to you, I close the book and I'm like, what? 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 Did he just? And he's like, just I screamed. Standing. Yeah. Talk about surprises. 
what the hell is going on with Elsa and how is he going to move forward from this? Or is he's gone? I, I think, I don't know. I think now Elzar is mourning. That's where mm. Elzar's at. When he has time to process this and walk it back and go, okay, <laughs> she was trying to fix the ship so that the ship wouldn't crash. The ship crashed and that's why Stellan died. Yeah. He's going to blame her a little bit. He's going to blame himself more. Mm-hmm. I think. Like, I know not everybody agrees, but I think he's going to blame himself for Stellan's death. I think Stellan was one of the few things that was like holding him mm-hmm. in place. And I know some think it's predictable for Elzar to fall completely, but I think it's going to push him like further towards the dark when he realizes that like his actions, his anger, maybe not towards the dark, but maybe like towards leaving the Jedi order. Yep. It's definitely going to have a huge impact on him when he realizes his actions are part of the reason, if not entirely why his best friend died. Yeah, I think there's even a point where he says that he feels responsible for his death. Yeah. And yeah, I, know, I know technically it's Martian's fault because he put the leveler there in the first place, but yeah. in terms of like immediate responsibility, Elzar's going to take it on himself. Yeah, see, everyone was shocked by his what he did. Yeah. We had to take a break. I agree, Buck and Oti. We're all just shocked because he's, he's, done, like he said, he's done so well. Orla helping throughout, kind of just... Trust your instincts. You'll know when to open up yourself against to the force. Don't fight it. But then everything just came rushing back. And I 100% agree with you that once he stops mourning, and he, we'll see how Ava reacts to this. Because he said, I got to tell her, but not now, because it's not about me. We still got to help everyone else here, which they do kind of help in this desalination plant. Why didn't they do that before? Instead of sending all of Starlight Beacons, send a few Jedi. They can just push it back into place. Everything will be better. So dramatic. <laughs> I know. Let's move this big station halfway across the galaxy. They all won't call attention. Not. No. But, Martian's not going to notice. Yeah, this freaking station just moving through hyperspace. But I completely agree that this is going to shake him. And I was thinking, I don't think, I don't know. I'm going to say it's not going to fall to the dark side because, yeah, it's too predictable. Yeah. And I don't think this is something that will turn him Sith quote-unquote, I know it's not the same, but I think maybe after talking with Avar, he will have to go and you're going to go and do this Barash vow or whatever that oh, that's right and did in Into the Dark because his connection was lost. you got to find yourself again. Or maybe not way-seeking because that's different. So I think he needs to step away from the Order for a while and try to find that connection to the light. But hopefully he comes back. Not like that's right then. Hey, God, bye. Hopefully, I want to see him again. I want Des Ryden back. Yeah. I Obi want Des Ryden back. I know. He was a great character in Into the yeah. Dark. And one of my first loves when, ah, he's dead now. He just went through. He got burned in radiation. And then, no, no, the freaking dengue are trying to eat him alive. That was chilling. Yes. <sighs> yeah. That's why Into the Dark is my favorite. But then he <laughs> says, I got to go do this barrage vow, find my connection to the light side again, or to mm-hmm. the force. And I think that's what, needs Elsar needs to do but that they bring him back quick in one or two books he's back and we can learn a little bit more what people learn where they do this barrage bow or whatever but yeah completely surprised i love his arc throughout i love how he and like you said he called um stellan the pole star of the three of them you're the one that holds us us together so of course that's going to affect them not just a friend best friend just the one that kind of held that group together so it's going to be extremely interesting to see what happens with him. <sighs> so, yeah, I don't know. There's Avar, again, wish that she was there more. 
Another yeah. thing that kind of touched my heart is when Elsa is trying to open the blast doors and then he's reaching out to all the Jedi. He's like, he hears a song in the forest and at the same time, Avar hears the wave crashing or something. So they still have that connection. Oh man, so beautiful. These two. We, yeah. These two and their, and their will they won't they love story. <laughs> I mean, they will. And, they will. It's only a matter of time. Yeah. But. Another another great thing about Claudia's writing is this is from the beginning, which is again something that we've all done, or at least I'll put myself there where it's I wrote it wasn't because he was afraid of where this relationship with Ava was gonna go, because he has feelings for her. He knows that she has feelings, but eh, she's she won't do it, she won't follow through because she's the Jedi Order. But what scared him was not the lack of answers, it was asking the questions. Because right. once you ask the questions, you're kind of hold to whatever comes your way. You, If you don't ask the questions, you can make 20 different of ideas on your mind about why something might or might not work. But once you ask those questions, you're, it's out of your control, the answers. And that's what's holding him back and what really scared him. Which is, again, something we all go through in life, not just in relationship, work stuff, and a lot of uh, different issues. So... I hope going forward, we get more with at least the two of them together, even if not just a Padawan book, but just moving forward, a book with the two of them kind of spending the whole book together and see, see what happens. Yeah, I think that's one thing we could use more of overall is like we've, we're told about these really strong relationships like Avar and Elzar or mm. like various Padawans and their masters. And like we, I get why they separate them. It's because you have the conflict. First thing you do is you separate the kid from their adult. No. And then they can they can struggle on their own. But I hope we do get more time of the people in these important relationships, like spending it together. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So speaking about kids, let's talk a little bit about Belle and Buriaga. Because I was babies. Yeah, they are very babies. But when I was on your show, again, thanks for inviting me to Space Waffle. We talked about master and Padawan relationships in the High Republic, and I said, like, I, I know why people love Bell. He suffered a lot, but he hasn't done a lot in the books. In this book, he shines. Mm -hmm. And I started to fall in love with Bell. The lovable Wookiee, Buriaga, also kind of knocked it out of the park. So I love their interaction, the relationship that they kind of formed really quickly. And that Bell finally starting to trust himself again. He's, he knows what he's done wrong. He kind of said, I made a mistake by not looking for Loden, thinking that he was dead. I'm not making that mistake again with Buriaga. Mm -hmm. We talked a little bit. We think Buri, he'll be back. No way they're going to kill the cute young Wookiee. Um, did you like their relationship and how they kind of went through the book? Yes. I like that Bell got to spend a little more time with one of his peers. Yeah. Um, I, Buri's not a knight, right? He's still No, both of them are proud ones. Right. Okay. Yeah. So like, uh, like Bell spending a significant amount of time with one of his peers with another Padawan who's mm -hmm. like sort of on the verge of knighthood and kind of taking a more active role in his mm -hmm. own grief instead of letting it kind of carry him like, because he loses another master and like, she doesn't die, yeah, but still. she's, she might as well have for yeah. all the good that she did. Like for all that she was the problem. So not that she's useless. That's not what I'm saying. <laughs> I know that's what that sounded like. But yeah, I, I really liked their dynamic. I liked spending a little more time with Belle. Like you, I mm -hmm. I see why others love Belle. 
I never really connected with him like that. Mm. But I do think he he had his moment in this book. He like yeah. really shone in this book. Yeah, and I loved also that him and Buriaga as Pada ones come with a lot of the answers that the Jedi Masters and the Knights can't. Because mm-hmm. they're just being more inventive. They're like, what if we do this or that and connect this droid to just put it out power coupling, no, no, whatever this power boost, and we can then contact the station here and I can separate. So I love that the two of them working together were able to solve a lot of the problems without having to always ask for the masters to help them out, which is another great thing in Midnight Horizon with Reef and Ram. Their relationship yeah. is great. So one of the it things the I love, yeah. yeah, one of the things I love about the High Republic, especially this wave, is how when you separate them, the masters are dealing with their issues in terms of how the Jedi Order in general is dealing with denial and they're placing it while the younger Padawans, which are still learning everything, I kind of, where do they fall with all this war that they've been uh, going on for a whole year? And mostly mean a horizon with Reed kind of not feeling anything where everything that's going on and Ram kind of being angry because they're just, kind of seeing things from different different sides, but they still help each other out and help balance each other. Like you said, having that peer. Same here with Bell and Buriaga when Buri's master, Nib Asik, kind of unfortunately bites that dust to Because it's dust. I don't know. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I, I, I needed one. And he can, okay, if someone can say, I know what you're going through, it's me. So lean on me and I'll, I'll help you out. So when this happens to Buriaga, which I'm like, really, you're going to, freaking kill another one and it's like there's i think he even says there's nobody you think he's dead i'm not gonna give up i'm gonna go look for him so he's off yeah. we don't know what's going on so i love seeing that and i finally started to feel why people love bell it's not just oh i feel sorry we gotta protect him because he's lost everyone so okay now he's more active yeah. and his future is going to be very interesting to see how that plays out so just kind of finishing up before a couple of final questions. We got the return of the vessel crew with Leox. Yes. Geo the ladies, man. It wasn't just <laughs> party wasn't animal just ladies, man. Freaking rock. But I saw the picture now of um Pika. I'm like, okay, I get it. That concept art that they showed of the Arden is like, man, everyone in the High Republic needs to be good looking. Yeah, it's the it's the era everybody's it's gorgeous. There, the High Republic. It's something that in the sky, the the sun that glow. But <laughs> love seeing them again. Afi is back also. Leo with his old timey things that he has saved his life a few times. Geode again, not really flirting. Yes, he's flirting. He's it's back there alone, right? No, yeah, he's fine. He's fine. Uh, so you're glad to see this trio again? I was. Um... I, I admit in the beginning, like, I thought Geode, Geode was funny. I didn't really get Geode. <laughs> but he's one of those things where the longer I look at him yeah. in the book, the funnier he gets. Yeah. Like, him just kind of, we don't know how he moves. He just appears. He just <laughs> Beside who, for some reason, did not get old, laughed hysterically every mm-hmm. time. And they just, they brought such an everyday energy to such a Jedi problem. Yeah. That I think it did make a nice a nice contrast to all these big questions of the force and who am I and why am I losing my connection? And why do I like, they really underscored that beyond them dealing with the nameless, there is, there is a whole other thing going on with a space mm-hmm. station full of people that is crashing into the ocean that they don't have a force connection. There's not really a whole lot these people can do. And I think the, 
the vessel crew really underscores that they're like the yeah. face of that conflict. Yeah, Geode is like like the majordomo in Book of Boba Fett. <laughs> First episode, you're like, okay, I, it's funny. Okay, by the end of it, you're like, yes, this is the best. So Geode is kind of the same. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and you you just go with it, and they exactly. Charlie Gray makes fun of it. She's like, oh, people just kind of make fun of it. They say something about Geo. Those are people that are not, they don't know what they're talking about. They're not smart enough. And then even Elsar, I mean, yeah, Elsar. Oh, this Plith, I got a reverence because <laughs> the force here is also, he's our, he's our navigator. Just get in the freaking ship. Oh, okay. <laughs> that and he was just, great. Yeah. And he turns around. He's just there, saves the day like three times, stopping he bullets. He magnetize himself. Yeah. At will. Freaking kill. wild. Huh. Carly, Lynn, Carly, Carly, Lynn, whatever that. Yeah, the, the guy who doesn't like the rest I of hate him. As when, yeah. when I start we reading. We don't even know what his name is. We don't like him. No, Carly Lynn, I think it is. There we go. Well, the thing is, when I start reading I, they, a paragraph, I'm like, I'm not going to write a single thing in my notes about this character because I don't like him. He's there like three pages later. I'm like, crap, this is going to be here for a while. I got to start paying attention. But yeah, Geode is great. And one of the things, like you said, with Leox was like he, okay, people tell the Jedi something and they just take it at face value because they think no one's going to lie to them. So just because they say that communications aren't working doesn't mean it really isn't working. I'm going to go to my ship and make sure, oh, it's working. And then that's how they start getting the, the voice out. So he said, I cannot start putting in your mind all this goes all the way to the last Jedi, right? The Jedi hubris because they think they know better than everyone. No, they don't. And even with Elsar, when JJ5145, I just say like saying the name. That's why I not, don't say droid. 51445 <laughs> says, oh, just keep doing this task. Maybe repeating it will give you another, another result. And it's like, I already tried it. Why do you need to do it again? It's not going to work. He tried it again and it worked. And it's like, yeah, just try it. Dude. Just shut up and try. No, don't give up just once. So yeah, just having that kind of separate mentality from the Jedi was great to see. Very scared for Leo. I thought he was a goner. Yeah, I was like, oh no. Yeah, <laughs> yep. he's there with like, his parachute. What? I was like, what All a right. way to go. That yeah. felt so mm. brutal. And then he's like, he's fine. Okay. I'm fine. I thought a ship was gonna hit him on his way out, or a debris oh, no. was gonna get him. I mean, yeah, that's even worse. That's so much worse. <laughs> But I, I thought something was going to hit him. And then, okay, I'm coming back. No, the wind got me. I guess that magnetized glove wasn't strong enough. But he has his backpack parachute. Um, so we didn't talk too much about the whole story. I mean, it's a spoiler. Everyone knows the station is going down. It's Titanic in space. Everything's going wrong. And it ends with the top half blowing up, disintegrate, disintegrating in space. A few Jedi made it out. Don't everyone... Then the bottom half crashes into the ocean of this planet. But that to me kind of was the backstory. It's more about the characters in it. Yeah. But this is Chancellor So's first and most important, what is it, great work. Yeah. A beacon in the outer ring showing that the Republic is here to help and you can't even help yourself. How do you think the Republic is going to react to this, her especially, and then the people in the outer ring kind of, dude, you can't even protect yourself. Why are we joining with you when Martian is like, you're not, you don't belong here. The outer ring is ours. So how do you think this is going to affect Lina So and the Republic? I think it's going to cause a lot of discord in the Republic because, you know, <laughs> it's, it's, we're about to go into a period of uncertainty. 
because Martians like this is my galaxy, not yours. Look at this great work of yours. It's just crashed into the ocean. So Lena so is going to be going in my in my thought into overdrive to kind of like get everything back under control to deal with the Nile threat and mm. with like her crumbling great works and her like colonization program of the Outer Rim. <laughs> Meanwhile, the Outer Rim is going to be scrambling because yeah. clearly they can't get in touch with the Republic. Starlight Beacon's gone, but also the Nile are now a much bigger threat than I think mm -hmm. they anticipated. So I'm seeing chaos for the yeah. start of phase three. Yeah, we'll find out in about two years, probably. Yeah. Which is far, I try to visualize it. It's like a movie. If we watch a movie, the sequel is coming in two years. We usually can wait. Yeah. So give me two years. I think I can wait. And we don't but, usually get like nine, ten books and a whole bunch of comics in between. So. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff. We'll be kept busy. Yeah, we'll be busy. Even between now and October when Phase 2 comes out, there's like three different. The Padawan book with Anakin, no, with Kenobi and Qui-Gon. Then the Brotherhood with Anakin and Kenobi. Kenobi's everywhere. Not to say his show also. And then, yeah. of course, we get, we said Shadows of the Sith, Secrets of the Sith, I think. Shadows, with, of, the Shadows of the Sith. With Luke, Lando, Ocho Bestoon, <laughs> the sequel what trilogy. What a trio. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully they, they survive. We'll see. Be, I mean, they'll they'll all be fine. They're in the later yeah. movies. Yeah. I well, mean, Ochi's not. Dead. Yeah, but we'll find out why he couldn't we'll get out of the sands. Maybe the, the snake ate him. The, whatever it's the bones. Yeah. Guess we'll find out. Yeah. See about the freaking dagger that everyone said, what does it look like in this star? Maybe we get an explanation there. Anyway, we'll oh, talk about that in there carving it meticulously. <laughs> yeah. Man, you stop moving those waves doesn't let me. Uh, but yeah, so I think that kind of wraps up. I talk on the fallen star. Uh, it's gonna be very interesting, like you said, how much the Republic deals with this. Motion Row and Lorna D. I'm guessing again we haven't read this the latest uh, Star Wars comic that talks about Lorna D and Ava Chris. My guess is during this whole explosion stuff, if Lorna D was there in the Ataraxia, she ex escaped somehow. Like Nan yeah. escape in Trail of Shadows, Doctor Chan uh, Otterson is able to kind of they don't say ex escape, but he kind of just gets lost. So I think. Lorna D is gonna going to escape. She's gonna find um, Marcion at some point, and that's gonna be trouble. So we'll see what happens with that relationship also. That and then phase two, we don't know. Phase two is gonna be no interesting. Idea. There's something at the end of Midnight Horizon that certain character says we have to go to the past to prepare for the future or something like that. It was such a good button on it. I'm yeah. Like, okay. I'm, I'm hesitant about going to the past because I'm sorry to leave all these characters mm -hmm. behind for so long. But, but you know, if you're going to make me go to the past, at least put that button on it. Yeah. Because now there's a reason. No, just, ah, let's go to the past to shake things up. No, there's a reason they need to go to the past. So, and the character that said it, of course, it's going to be him or yeah. her. I don't want to give it out too much. Okay. Yeah. So, kind of wraps it up for. The Fallen Star, thank you, Arsu, for being thank here. So Talking about the High Republic, always lovely. Always. Anytime. Yeah, we always get sad. It was a very emotional book, but it was. I love everything about it, except Orla dying. Yeah. It had its good. moments, but yeah. yeah, enjoyed it. All right, so thank you, Arsu. Thank you to the chat, as always, for being here. You guys are great. Uh, like I mentioned before, next week we're doing our trivia. Champ challenge 
about Rogue One and Solo a Star Wars Story. Two rounds, 20 questions the first round, then 10 questions on the second. Very entertaining. It's going to be probably take a week off after that, and then we'll come back and talk Midnight Horizon with Hannah Waddle. So, also for the 10th time, thank you for being here. Thank you for Where can me. people find you? What are you working on right now? All that fun stuff. So you can find me on Twitter at Arzu Amin, and that's where I spend most of my time. Um, I host the Space Waffles podcast on the Geeky Waffle Network. I co-host the Geeky Waffle podcast as well. Um, and you can find me writing at the Geeky Waffle, Wealth of Geeks, Collider, and ArzuD2.com. And very shortly, I'm posting my Midnight Horizon deep dive. And then after that, the year of Kenobi begins. So the Kenobi novel, oh and then the, what is the series called? The Jedi Apprentice series, mm -hmm. book by book. Never read it, always wanted to. <laughs> so Kenobi I've read before, but the rest I've never read. So yeah. it's going to be the first time. So, and then yeah. Kenobi's also getting a comic series that's coming out in a Very few true. in a few months. The summer of Kenobi. So much Obi-Wan. Yeah. I'm not mad about it. I'm no one happy. is. We all so, love that. Yeah. That crafty old Jedi. All right. So again, <laughs> for Arisu, for everyone in the chat, thank you for being here. Stay safe. Be safe. May the force be with you.